Welcome friends. We are your hosts, Sandy and Wade, baby best friends turned husband and wife and business partners. This podcast is for the dreamers, the movers and shakers, and those who seek to attract their dream life. Strap in, getting magnetic in three, two, one. Like attracts like. If you see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. You just decide what it's going to be, who you're going to be, how you're going to do it. And then from that point, the universe is going to get out your way. This moment in time, this is your time to rise. All right. Today's episode is absolutely amazing. I have looked up to this woman for a very long time. I honestly can say I've never taken so many notes while we've had a guest on. She gave us so many tangible tips. She walked us through like the pillars of health. So many incredible takeaways. So super excited for you guys to tune in. Strap in. You are going to learn a lot in the next hour. I'm so excited because she puts tangible tips into like what it's like to, it's our birthright, right? Mm -hmm. To be super healthy and vital. And she walks us through getting back to the basics of human health and gives us tips along the way. It's just such a wealth of knowledge. So strap in, super excited. And let's take it away. Hey, everybody. Super excited to be here with you guys today and pumped to bring on an awesome guest, someone we've gotten to know, gotten to know a lot of her work, gotten to see and experience a lot of her work online. But we're welcoming Dr. Tanda Cook on Getting Magnetic today. Tanda, can you say hi to everybody listening in? Hello. So I'll give a little background on Tanda. She's a naturopathic physician. She's a food expert, published author, international speaker, blogger, as well as health and lifestyle coach. She's wildly passionate about educating and inspiring people to take steps to add health to their lives. And she has a gift for really taking confusing medical terminology and explaining it in clearly understood terms. And what that does, we've found, and like she's taught us a lot, it empowers us and it empowers her audiences to celebrate healthy living really through food, lifestyle, and choice. So with that said, welcome to the show, Tanda. We're super excited to have you on and we're just excited to have a conversation today. Thank you guys for inviting me. This is going to be awesome. (laughs) I would love if you could just start by telling us a little of your story. How did you get into the field that you're in? How did you get into being a naturopathic physician? Like what sparked that interest? Have you always had interest in health and wellness? Like take us on that journey. So this is one of my sort of favorite questions and yet challenging questions because I think when people hear that somebody goes into naturopathic medicine or natural health or alternative medicine, that there's some like, you know, that's how they were raised or like that's, they had some big thing. And I did have a big thing. But, you know, I was just a kiddo growing up in Vermont and always interested in, you know, the outdoors and that's just in animals and that's how we grew up. But never did I think I would go to med school ever. Like if you ask my childhood friends and family and they would have said absolutely not. And yet it makes so much sense for me now. I wasn't sort of a science geeky kid. I was an artist and, you know, I always joke and tell people that if you cut me open, farmer falls out, that that's really who I am is a sort of an artist, (laughs) a creator, a serial entrepreneur and naturopathic medicine fell into my lap because of my own healing journey. So like I said, just a normal kiddo growing up in a big family in Vermont. My dad uh, is from South Africa originally. And so we always had, you know, he always kind of brought in, the alternative medicinal plants. We had a big garden. He's a chef. And so grew up in the kitchen watching him. And, you know, if we ever had a cold, you know, my mom would hand us, I don't know, cold medicine. And my dad would make us some awful concoction that we had to drink that he like muddled up ginger or something. Right. So, you know, it was like sort of always there in the background, but was not an interest of mine. Like I grew up really interested in horses and art. And then at age 17. I think it's interesting that we are talking about this this week because it's actually National Eating Disorder Week, which I was just discovered this morning. And I like to say at 17, I was blessed with an eating disorder. And so I watched my relationship with food, you know, and I got again, growing up in the kitchen, watching my dad, watching my relationship with food go from normal to tumultuous and destructive and torturous. It was awful. And then became a vegetarian and bulimic. And it was 
that journey that led me to after graduation. So I graduated from Skidmore in upstate New York with a degree in biology. And I thought after graduation, if I just traveled around the world and ran from myself, that my eating disorder would go away, right? (laughs) That's not how it works. So I was in Cape Town, South Africa, and I woke up one morning and noticed that in my four months of travel around Africa, I had collected books on nutrition. And it was sort of this aha God moment that when the very thing that tortures me, the very thing that is supposed to keep us alive, right? We're not plants. We don't photosynthesize. We have to consume things from the outside world to live was the very thing that I was fascinated by as well. So it was like this strike moment of, holy cow, like, I think this is a gift and a nemesis. So I came back to the United States and I ended up finding out about naturopathic medicine through a friend of mine. I'd never heard of it. And logically, I Googled it and read the philosophy, which is, you know, doctor is teacher and getting to the root cause of disease. And, you know, all of that was just amazing to me. But then when I found out that they had, you know, about 96 hours of nutritional training, I applied to every accredited college in the United States, every accredited college in Canada. And I got in to all of them. I interviewed at all of them. And I ended up at the National College of Natural Medicine in Portland, Oregon. And it was there that my personal healing began. And so it, I want to say, you know, again, like when I get this question, I think people think like, oh, I was always interested in plants growing up or something. Like, like no, not really. <laughs> it was an eating disorder that made me go like heal myself. Like selfishly, that's why I became a naturopath. So then sort of, and this is, you know, obviously Cliff Notes version, but my healing truly began when I stepped into Portland and I was, I began to learn about food. And I began to ask a lot of questions about, so what is the best diet? What is the best food choices? How do you coach people around a very challenging subject? I mean, food is so weighted for people. It's so emotional. And, you know, I want it to be as simple as, oh, just, you know, eat gluten-free and you'll never get cancer. Well, that's not how the body works. We're so multifactorial. And I think too, that, you know, what I've, I've found challenging is to really coach and teach from a multifactorial perspective, not a linear. We want A plus B to equal C, right? If you eat gluten-free, mm-hmm. you'll never get, I'm picking on gluten, right? And cancer. But like, <laughs> if you eat gluten-free, you will never get, you know, you'll never get cancer again. Well, that's not the way the body works. We're not linear things. We are incredibly multifactorial. We, it depends on your health in general, depends on all aspects of your life, not just what you're putting in your mouth. And that is what transformed my relationship with food. That is what healed and helped me heal from a torturous relationship with the things that were supposed to be keeping me alive was understanding that it wasn't just what I was putting in my mouth. It was what I was doing every day. It's what relationships I was in. It was where I lived. It was what I was surrounded by. It was my sleep quality. It was my breathing quality. It was my movement. It was everything in my life, my connection to spirit, God, universe, source. It is all aspects of health that will help a body either go towards health or go more towards disease. So upon graduating from medical school in 2009, I had drastically shifted my diet, really had gone back to the earth, really had became, you know, eating more of an omnivore's diet and started a clinic in Bozeman, Montana. And after two years of being in clinical practice, realizing that that's not how I wanted to communicate health. Me being, you know, sitting with a desk in between me and my patients and a 30 minute visit and handing them a piece of paper with a treatment plan and expecting them to heal. It just, it did not resonate with me. It works for some practitioners, but not myself. So my business partner at the time dissolved the practice and I, I had a five acre farm in Bozeman and I just, I came back to the farm. And that's when I really started to understand that my gift, my zone of genius, as they say, is teaching. And I started to do a lot of online. I started, you know, YouTube channel and started talking about health because the body innately wants to be healthy. And when there is dis-ease in any way, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, the body isn't getting the right information, right? It's getting information that is causing it to compensate. And compensation over time 
equals chronic inflammation and chronic inflammation over time equals disease. And so what I became known for was teaching people how to add health. It's kind of looking at the body from the other side of the glass. Mm. Wow. I love your story. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable with us. I'm a big believer that your mess can become your message. And it sounds so much like you going through that eating disorder really led you on this path. And you probably wouldn't be here today had you not gone through that struggle. Yeah. That's what I, in presentations, I say I was blessed with it because it did send me on an incredible journey. And I can't remember what book I was reading the other day, but they were saying you can't teach, typically you can't teach from an open wound. So I really can teach because I am on the other side and being in it, there was no way I could have taught because it was too raw. It was, I was too embarrassed. I was too, I wasn't allowing myself to be vulnerable and authentic and in alignment with a dysfunction, right? With a disorder. And now I just, I kind of think it's cool. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm prick. I tell my patients like, there is nothing that you can tell me that won't shock, scare, surprise me because I've either been there, done that, or I've heard it and coached it. I mean, it's, you know, I'm now going on 11 years of being in practice and it's just, it's a blast. I just, I love the uniqueness of people. And yet we are all so similar. And, you know, whether people come to me with an overt eating disorder, I think America has a disordered eating, you know, that we have this sort of collective this very dysfunctional relationship with food because most of the stuff that we're putting on our plate isn't food. You know, it's highly processed and, you know, it's Franken food. It's, there's all sorts of terminology out there, right? And giving people permission to be honest with themselves about what they're eating and how it's affecting their health because it is. Right. Oh my gosh. I love that, you know, way of looking at it. I was blessed with an eating disorder. I think a lot of people, and ultimately because you look back and you look at it as a silver lining or that you're blessed with it because it led you to where you are today and enabling and empowering a lot of people to find health. I totally agree with you. I think health and vitality is our birthright. Like we're born meant to live healthy and feeling amazing and vital. And it's through our habits and through what we do day in, day out that can like move us away from that. And a lot of times, you know, it's hard to place blame all on ourselves or here or there. Like a lot of times, like just what the options that are available to us, especially in America, as you said, Franken foods, like we don't know any better from a young age, what's the food in the school systems and all the things it's like, it's just leading us closer to disease and not feeling good. And all of a sudden, like our normal is set at a very low bar in how we feel. And it's not until we discover that food is medicine and fuel for our body and amongst other things like that, we kind of set that new bar for us. And I think in my, I had a different story, but like, I really went on a journey of optimizing myself and my body. And I realized health was a big part of that. And nutrition was a huge foundational part of that. And I went and just got certified for myself. And now I've been able to help a lot of people get healthier through different ways. But I really realized there was also, there was really like main pillars to health and nutrition is one of, if not the most important. Do you have like the high level, like what are the pillars of health that you would say for people to like make sure all these pillars are, you know, at least adequate to really live your best life? Yeah, I, you're inside my head right now because I was just going to say, <laughs> like, you know, for me, one of the tenets in naturopathic medicine is following nature's laws and saw that. And I, of course, didn't know what it meant. And, but it sounded awesome. Like, I want to know what nature's laws are. Like, that's awesome. And it's going back to the basics of human health. There's actually a book called Going Back to the Basics of Human Health. It's like 60 pages long. And I read that in medical school. And it's just, it is going back to as designed as a human, what creates longevity? How do you live a long life? How do you live a full life? There's a documentary series called The Human Longevity Project. Jason Pearl designed it, directed it. It's brilliant. And those, I think there's nine, eight or nine videos and they're each about an hour long. And he takes you around the globe and essentially interviews people that live into their eighties, nineties, hundreds. And, but healthily, right. You know, you can live in your eighties and be on, you know, in hospice. And so he asked the question of like, what creates human longevity? And it's going back to the basics and it's following nature's laws. And what is that as a human? We are designed to eat food. 
right? That's one of them. And you've talked about nutrition. Now, I do not call it a diet because diet sounds like die and restriction and temporary and eating cardboard and counting calories and apps. And (laughs) that's not what I do. Sometimes those are appropriate for treating people, but all in all, eat food. Now, what is food? Food is eat seasonal, eat local, eat, you know, as organically as possible and eat what comes from the earth. And, you know, I have yet to see a Lucky Charms tree. I'm going to pick on Lucky Charms, you know, and I feel like people have been fooled that that's food and it's not. So eating food from the earth. And so that's one. Then we're designed to move. I mean, we truly, that was one of the movement and and exercise was one of the documentaries and Jason, you know, dives into all this research. Everyone should watch this. It's amazing. And he's the number one movement associated with longevity is walking. So Mm. I tell my patients, I'm like, you don't need to go kill yourself at the gym for three hours. I mean, if that gets your rocks off, like go for it, but put your shoes on, get outside and walk. Like that's it. Just walk and walk with purpose, right? Like you can walk and like, you can feel yourself not engaging your body or your core, or you can walk with intention, walk with intention. And what studies have shown is it's actually not, I don't want to be careful how I say this, it's better for us to walk or move multiple times a day versus binging on a three-hour, 5 a.m. to 8 a.m., and then sit all day long. Like That's pretty destructive on the body, too. So if my patients are doing that, then I say, cool, you know, get the three-hour workout. I know I'm being extreme right now. Like Not a lot of people work out for three mm-hmm. hours in the morning, but I'm doing this to make a point. <laughs> so you know, binge in the morning on your workout, but then put your shoes on at lunch and go for a walk and then put your shoes on after dinner and go for a walk. And, you know, it doesn't, walking doesn't cost anything other than a pair of shoes. You don't even have to wear shoes in the summertime. Like, you know what I mean? It's, we overcomplicate it, but truly move your body. We're made of up of pulleys and hinges and levers and things, right? If you look at our joints and our ligaments and we're designed to walk or to move and to lift and to move our body and use our body. And cows are designed to do what? Eat. They have four stomachs, you know? And yes, they have joints and ligaments and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, God made them to eat. God made us to move and to think. And so moving your body is another one. Breathing is... Can I uh, jump in on the moving? Oh, please, please. Yes, yes, yes. You know, I heard from one of my role models, Sean Stevenson. I listened to his podcast a ton, The Model Health Show, especially in my journey along the nutrition path and health path. And at one point I heard him say, human's best form of exercise is walking. And, you know, I had been an athlete my whole life. I played football. So I lifted heavy and did sprinting and all these different things. And, you know, now I do CrossFit and it's all these dynamic functional fitness type things, which are fun for me. And I love, but it really opened my eyes. Like we were built to walk fundamentally. Like you don't have to go do the CrossFit, the whatever it's just go out and walk. Like Tanda said, that 10,000, I've heard actually closer to 15,000 is a better like natural steps per day. Like just go get it in and not all at once, like just throughout the day. As she mentioned, after dinner, great for digestion, walking, also doing it with a spouse or a partner or a friend or someone is awesome. Being outside in fresh air is way better than a treadmill. And like walking is everything. I'm doing a 75 hard program where for 75 days, I have to do two 45 minute workouts a day. And almost every day, one of those is a walk because I know my body is meant to do that and needs to do that. And it helps with my mobility. Yeah. And core strength and digestive system and all the different things. And yeah, I love getting out and walking barefoot and my feet in the grass or the sand or whatever and getting grounded there. So thank you for bringing that up. So, okay, we have nutrition and movement. And then where you going on to breathing is like a next kind of pillar. Yeah. So next pillar. And again, this is a pillar following nature's laws, like going back to the basics of human health, like truly as a homo sapien, this is how health happens. This is how longevity happens. So breath is huge. Most humans suck at breathing. I am one of them. Like it is, I've spent a lot the past two years, I would say I've spent a lot of conscious effort on breath work and you know, coming from somebody who, you know, history of an eating disorder, history of anxiety, history of panic attacks, of course, I don't like to breathe. Because breathing puts me into the parasympathetic nervous system, right? Which my body isn't accustomed to being in. It is anxiety is the sympathetic, right? That's the fear of whatever, fill in the blank. And so I was so accustomed to being in that sympathetic dominance 
that breath work meant it put me into the parasympathetic. I wasn't familiar with that. My body, my nervous system wasn't familiar with that. It freaked me out. Now, is it healthier? Yes, but it's not what I was used to, right? And so to create a new normal for myself and a healthy new normal, I had to breathe. And most humans don't use the capacity of their lungs. Many of us breathe from our shoulders, not our belly. There's a really cool TED Talk. I believe it's called Water Coffee Whiskey or something like that. It's a guy talking about the different ways of breathing. And if you just Google TED Talk, coffee, whiskey, water, breathing, it'll come up. It's 12 minutes long. It's totally worth watching. And you know, finding these tools that help people concentrate on the breath. Meditation, I cannot stress this enough. It should be like brushing your teeth. I'm going to shut on all of you. You have to meditate and I'm going to have to on you. I don't tell people they have to avoid gluten. I don't tell people they have to stop eating sugar. I tell people they have to meditate. It's really, it's just not for three minutes. Start with three minutes. It's like brushing your teeth. You know, people say, oh, well, I'm not disciplined enough. I can't because, you know, I'm not good at creating new habits or I'm not disciplined enough. I say, well, do you brush your teeth? They say, well, yeah. I'm like, well, you're disciplined enough. And you have to create a new normal for yourself. And breathing is free. Walking is free. Food's not free. But most of these things that I'm going to tell you are free. You know, and again, we overcomplicate things. So doing deep breathing, my suggestion is 100 conscious deep breaths a day. Now, Mm -hmm. that being said, that can be really overwhelming for people. Start with one, literally. Three minutes of meditation and one deep breath. And you'll work up from there, I promise. Takes one to know one. And so breathing, meditation, and then elimination, right? So our body, you know, how we're designed, we're exposed to, I don't like using this word, but just to sake of communication, I'm going to say toxicity. We're exposed to internal toxicity and external toxicity. Internally, again, lack of a better way of communicating this, like each one of our cells is like pooping and peeing into our system, right? That's why we have a lymphatic system to like clean that up, right? That's like the part of the job of the lymph system is to like be a vacuum cleaner. And so lymphatic health is really important. But so we're exposed to this internal toxicity and then external toxicity, right? So stuff we're putting on our skin, stuff that we're putting in our mouth, stuff that we're breathing, a sun exposure. So we have all this external toxicity that we're exposed to. Well, the body knew that was going to happen. That's okay. I don't want to blame the outside world. What you can do is help the doors of your body. The body is designed to eliminate through the gastrointestinal system and the liver, through the kidneys, through urine, and through the lungs, through breath, and then the skin through sweat. Right. And so, really supporting those organs of elimination will 100% add health. I mean, that when you take care of your gastrointestinal system via choosing foods from the earth, eating seasonally, eating locally, eating mostly organic, taking probiotics, eating fermented food, drinking bone broth, you know, those kinds of really basic things, supporting the gastrointestinal system, drinking half your body weight in ounces of water a day, supporting your kidneys, doing those hundred conscious deep breaths a day, supporting your lungs, and then sweating. I'm a huge fan of saunas because most people don't get outside and sweat, right? So then let's force it. (laughs) Just sit in a sauna. So you can combine a lot of these things, right? You can do deep breathing in a sauna. And so supporting those organs of elimination, you know, ideally one. So should we be going every day, like, or multiple times a day? Do you have any like advice there? In terms of bowel movement? Yeah. Yeah. So one to throw is just going to say that. Oh my gosh, I love you guys. Like we're we're in each other's heads. (laughs) My bad. No, it's all good. (laughs) So this is called being in alignment. So one to three bowel movements a day, ideally. And a lot of times I see and they should be formed, you know, sometimes people are like, oh yeah, I go three to four times a day, but it's loose and there's cramping involved. There's like a sense of urgency. That's more like an IBS situation. So one to three formed bowel movements a day is ideal. And again, when you're moving your body, you're doing deep breathing, you're taking care of your gastrointestinal system, you've got good sleep hygiene, which is next on the list. All of that should be in function, in working order. And if it's not, that's a sign that your body is out of sync. Another pillar of health is sleep. So the visual that I have for this is you're in a recording studio and you're the singer and there's the dude on the other side or the human on the other side of the glass with the whole panel of adjustments to make your voice sound so beautiful. And then there's, so there's all these dials and all these levers and all these buttons and things that that person can change the sound and the tone and the resonance of your voice. 
And then there's that one big dial that they move and it changes everything. That is sleep. Sleep is that dial for the body. And I talk about sleep hygiene. So clean up your sleep. People's sleep is terrible. It is so rare that I get on the phone with somebody or to have a, a consult with someone and they say, oh no, my sleep's perfect. I sleep you know, seven to nine hours a night in total darkness. I wake feeling rested and I dream. That happens never. You know, most of the time people say, no, my sleep is terrible. I wake at 2.16 every single night and then I roll around and then I wake up at four and then I roll around and then I just end up getting up and they're functioning on four to five hours a night or they go to bed. They're like, oh no, I'm getting enough sleep because I sleep six hours, but I go to bed at midnight and then wake up at six. Like, don't brag about that. That's not, you need more sleep. Sleep, (laughs) the thing that sleeps at night is your brain. The thing that happens at night is healing, regenerative, restoring, detoxing. Your body is working so hard at night to heal you and all of the destruction that you did during the day eating Lucky Charms and pizza, right? So it's the big dial. It's the master dial. And so my coaching around sleep is seven to nine hours in total darkness. The more hours you get before midnight, the better. There's more healing happening. Growth hormone comes out at night. Growth hormone, I mean, you've seen growth hormone supplements, right? And creams and sprays and guys, you get it for free at night. Just sleep. Like sleeping and intermittent fasting are two things that will increase growth hormone. Both of them, again, are free. (laughs) And it, you know, again, we overcomplicate it. It doesn't have to be complicated. And yet, you know, and please, all of the nursing mothers out there, don't listen to this little tiny segment on sleep. This does not apply to you. Like, yes, you need to be getting up multiple times a night. But the body's designed to do that. I mean, you mamas out there, like, that's awesome. But everybody else needs to be sleeping in total darkness and seven to nine hours. And while that sounds simple, it's quite difficult for most people to do. So then, wow, I'm loving all this so much. Like, I'm just like a sponge for everything you're saying. And I'm like, I wish you came into my life like 10 years ago because I learned all this stuff like through trial and error, like just reflecting on everything. Like, I, you know, in terms of food, like, I feel like I ate a lot of food like substances in my life, you know? Like, I'd be like, ooh, like, even in elementary school, I feel like it started all the cool kids were eating Lunchables and Gushers and Doritos, and I wanted to fit in. And my mom only packed me like, radishes and broccoli and like all this healthy stuff, but that's not what the cool kids were doing. So it started making me feel like, you know, I craved what the other kids were doing. And then for years of my life, I dealt with digestion issues where I might not have a bowel movement for like seven to 10 days. And I had a lot of anxiety all the time. I had panic attacks. I had, I was on like anti-anxiety and anti-depression meds and all these things that totally could have been avoided if I was actually like getting proper sleep properly breathing, walking every day, fueling my body, like, you know, not throwing away the lunch my mom gave me and like picking other people's food that was not actual food. Like it's just listening to everything you're saying. It's like so golden. And Wade and I, we typically go to sleep before like 10 or 1030 and we wake Mm -hmm. up at like five. So I am really craving like going to bed earlier, like a nine to nine 30, like hearing you say, go to bed, like get the most sleep before midnight is like, Mm -hmm that's really sticking out to me as like an area of improvement for us. We do have the shade, like our shades automatically go down at sunset and they automatically go up at sunrise to try and like help us with total darkness. I sleep with an eye mask on to like block out any light, but I used to be the girl that went to bed scrolling my phone on Instagram, which is like the worst thing ever. And waking up and first thing, looking at emails, looking at text messages, like we don't do that anymore. Our phone's not even allowed in our bedroom. So I feel like we've made a lot of improvements, but this is stuff I wish I knew. So I'm so glad you're sharing on all this stuff because I feel like so many people don't do these things. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that statement. I don't, I don't even know what the word is. Like I want to say it's sad, but it's just where we are. It just is what it is. And that's why, you know, you guys doing what you're doing and me doing what I'm doing. It's like, I want to shout from the rooftops. Like most of the things that people can shift in their life are just literally going back to the basics. It's literally becoming more human, less technology driven and you know, mother nature left on her own devices will heal. And so will we, when we're set up with the right circumstances. And, you know, people often ask, you know, well, Tanda, what do you do? You know, I have a 40 acre farm down in Pulaski, Tennessee, and 
I'm a nine to six. Like I go to bed at nine and I typically get up at six. Now in the summertime, I shift a little bit with the, not a little bit, I shift with the light cycles because, you know, people are like, oh, you're a farmer. You get up at, you know, 4 a.m. Well, no, I don't. One, because I don't milk cows. And two, the animals are asleep too. It's dark outside. Like, what am I going to do? Like, I mean, it, they literally get irritated with me if I go out too early. Like say I've got, you know, pre-COVID, like, if I had to go feed them early, they literally, my horses will look at me like, what are you doing? The cows are like, we're not supposed to be eating right now. Why are you feeding us? So, you know, they're on a cycle too. And I just get in sync with them. So yeah, I'm a nine to six right now. That's typically, but in the summertime, I'll be more of a nine to six okay. yeah, or more of an, I'm be more like <laughs> I'll be more of like an eight to five, right. In the, when the summer months start to come, because that's when the sun rises and that's when they, I, if I open the door, and my cows see me, they start yelling at me. My sheep start yelling at me. You know, they know if the sun's up, I need to be out there with them. So I really line myself up with the so farm. Cool. So you have a farm in Tennessee, but do you live in Montana? Then, no, I or? moved in. Uh, oh, you moved? Yeah, 2020 I moved. And I bought okay. a 40-acre farm down in Pulaski, Tennessee. I'm right on the border of Alabama, basically. And I raise, wow. yeah, I raise all of my own food and both plants and animals. And I do cows, sheep, chicken, guinea, ducks, plants. And then I have my four horses, which are my life. And, you know, and I do that because that's what I teach, right? So I teach, getting back to the basics, I teach, it's important to know where your food comes from. Now, do you have to go out and get a 40 acre farm? Absolutely not. Can you be connected to somebody who has one who raises their food? Absolutely. So look at, if you need or want to be connected to a farm, eatwild.com and localharvest.org are two websites that you plug in your zip code and it will pop up those little pins all around your neighborhood or your city with farmer's markets, with local farmers, with Farmer Joe down the street selling eggs that you didn't even know about. So, you know, it's right out your back door. I think people, again, we're so accustomed to getting into the routine of going to the grocery store. It gets us out of the habit of connecting with a farmer. And it may seem like a little more work in the beginning and clunky. It's only because it's out of your normal routine and going to, you know, Kroger and going grocery shopping. You go to the farmer's market on Saturdays and stock up on stuff for the week. So that's another, just a good resource. The last pillar that I want to touch on is play. Going back to the basics of human is, oh my gosh, you guys, life is too short. Play please. And if you don't know what play means, and play is not playing on your phone. Play is not watching Netflix. Play is not that. Play is not checking out. Play is checking in. I think it was Brene Brown that said joy is an emotion that you can only experience in the present moment. Like you can think about something and be happy. You can think about something and be excited. You can think about something and be nervous. But joy is something you actually have to experience right here, right now. It's a right here, right now emotion. And so how many people are not experiencing right here, right now joy? Because play is not a part of their daily life. It's so important. And if you don't know what that is, watch your kids. If you don't have kids and you don't know what that was, think about what it is that you did when you were little. Like What were you attracted to? I didn't play with Barbies when I was little. I didn't play with dolls. I played with toy farms. The, one of my favorite toys was briar horses with like the little fake tiny little manure poop and little hay and little flies and little horses. And, and I had this huge, I mean, started with Fisher Price and then I just went, got bigger and bigger as I got older. I, I mean, that's all I did was play with farms. That's when I say, cut me open, farmer falls out. And I knew that. And I didn't lose that piece of myself. And so many people do. I feel like my parents or my siblings or how I grew up or my DNA or my spirit, somehow I didn't lose that. And that's where I coach from is being in alignment with who you are and what brings you joy. And, you know, do you have to go quit your job and like go be rainbows and unicorns? Absolutely not. What I'm asking you to do is get really quiet. I call them the energetic earmuffs. Like put this energetic earmuffs on and what is it that's on your heart? What is it? That is your purpose. And if you're at a J-O-B that you can't stand, it doesn't mean that you have to tune your purpose out. If it's a book that you've always wanted to write, if it's diving into art, if it's singing one of mine, singing the national anthem in front of 10,000 people or more, right? Make these small shifts, big shifts. Ask your siblings what you like to play with if you don't remember. Enroll people in your life about what you're good at. What is your zone of genius? Your zone of genius is what you like to do, what you love to do. And you don't, it like doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like effort. 
Me, technology, as we've learned, is a huge work of mine. It does not play for me. I despise it. But if you put me lugging water buckets to my horses or throwing hay or harvesting my garden or being in the kitchen or being on line and teaching, that's my zone of genius. I don't, time passes. I don't even notice. What is that for I you? love it. Zone of genius. And so mm, if you notice, so like with play, most likely, like all of the things that the pillars that I just went through, most likely your play involves movement. With movement, you're breathing deep. With breathing deep, you get thirsty and you drink. That's, you know, another supporting the kidneys, right? And then you get hungry and you choose to eat food from the earth. And then that gives your body the information to eliminate properly. And then you're exhausted because you played and you've moved, right? I don't want people to make a checklist of those pillars. The, everything that I've just said is called being a human in health. Mm, I love it. Uh, that is just so much value in going back to the basics of human health. And I know you we've dropped that book so and the resource. So awesome. Yeah, we have notes over here. So We've kind of, and this is so amazing because it's so in alignment with everything I've learned and everything we, you know, look to do in our lives. And I think just to summarize, you know, getting back to basically being a human, eating food from the earth, moving your body, breathing, sleeping, eliminating. These are all just like things our body naturally does. And we just have to like keep that going by getting back to human. I want to dive into, I know we could literally spend like hours on each subject, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. But I want to go into one thing that I know you're passionate about that I've learned a lot, we've learned a lot from you on, and that I think is becoming a thing in modern society. More and more people are talking about, and it's gut health, right? Gut health is sexy. A lot more people, there's a lot more research coming out in gut health. But can you kind of just quickly, I guess in crayon for people, dive into the subject of gut health and how people, you know, move towards better gut health? Mm -hmm. Yes, this we can do another podcast on this for sure. So the, the, <laughs> the crayon version, I love this. So essentially, from your mouth to your anus is a tube, right? And a tube that's actually exposed to the outside world called eating food. This food's not us. So aligning that tube are bacteria. And what we've learned is that we have more bacteria lining our mucous membranes than we do cells in our body. We are more bacteria than we are human. And what we've also learned is that those bacteria, so I, I, the analogy that I use is like, we're a condominium housing them. Okay. Now is your, I love this one. Is your condo, you know, ocean front, like frontage with granite countertops and steam shower and, you know, beach walks every night where your tenants love living there, your bacteria, or are you, you know, in the slums of whatever horrible city and your pipes don't work and your appliances don't work and the roof is leaking? Those tenants don't like living there and they won't pay the rent on time and they'll probably wreak more havoc on your condo than help you. Most of us are the latter, right? Most of us are the condominium that's falling apart. And so our bacteria don't help us. What the bacteria in the beachfront are designed to do is lots of things if we're learning, but essentially the bacteria help play a key role in our immune system and our immune health. They make vitamins for us, K vitamin, B vitamins. They help us digest our food. They play a key role in motility. So that elimination factor. What we're now also learning, if you guys are interested in learning more about this, Microbiome Labs is a great resource. And then NCBI, N is in Nancy, C is in cat, I is in indigo, B is in boy. NCBI, Google Microbiome Gut Health NCBI, and hundreds, thousands of studies will come up about gut health and what the bacteria are doing, the days, the days of the bacteria are doing for us. The other thing that we're learning very quickly is that the gut affects all systems. So the gut is connected to your brain. The gut, because your gastrointestinal system makes neurotransmitters that talk to your nervous system. The gut also affects your skin. Those bacteria, there are some of them that are directly connected to the skin and can make anti-inflammatory cytokines or inflammatory cytokines. And so oftentimes when I see skin issues like acne, eczema, psoriasis, it's a gut issue. If you want to heal your skin, heal your gut. It is your skin issue is not a, you know, cortisone deficiency. It is a gut issue. So we're learning so much about 
how the gastrointestinal system is connected, the health of it is connected to all systems. So that's sort of like the crayon version. Then how do you bring yourself back into balance by eliminating the allergenic and addictive foods, gluten, dairy, soy, sugar, alcohol, and caffeine for at least 30 days, at least 30 days. I coach 90 because people are going to see transformation. You'll see a difference in 30. You'll see transformation in 90. So I coach 90 days, gluten, dairy, soy, sugar, alcohol, and caffeine. It's not that you can never have these foods again. It's like, stop eating them for 90 days. Just don't. It, absolutely not. No cheating. Blah, blah, blah. So be incredibly strict on that and then reintroduce and tell me how you feel. What that does is that puts the fire out in your gastrointestinal system. That's a huge stress on the body. And people say, oh, I'm not stressed out, but they have you know gastrointestinal issues or eczema or joint pain or anxiety, the body is stressed out. If you're not stressed out in your head, your physical body is. So how can we eliminate or decrease those stressors? Stop eating foods that are stressing your body out. I'm not blaming those foods. Our body just isn't equipped right now to deal with that level of stress, plus all the other levels of stress in our life. Eliminate those foods for at least 90 days and then introduce foods like fermented foods because fermented foods have that beneficial bacteria. It'll help replenish that, bring in that balance. If you think about your gut is like Los Angeles, right? You have all the different inhabitants of Los Angeles. You have hairdressers that live in Los Angeles. You have firefighters, you have lawyers, you have doctors, you have, you know, gas station attendants. You have all of these different people making up LA. That's what your gut looks like. There's so many different players. There's so many different species of bacteria in your gut. We need that variety. So one of the best things that you can do for your gut, eat a variety. That's why I go to the farmer's market, shop seasonally. It like forces you to eat a variety of foods. Bone broth is another one that, and if you're a vegetarian or vegan, do veggie broth. Go online, Google veggie broth, Google bone broth and recipes. Google can really be a good friend of yours when you know how to use it. And then taking probiotics, you know, a good source and strain of a variety of different probiotics. I'm not learned on the store versions because I work with companies, but you know, if you have questions, you can shout out to me about what brands I like. And then, so bone broth, eliminating allergenic and addictive foods, shopping seasonally, eating a variety, that alone, holy donks, you will see a difference. Mm. Wow. So good. I, again, wish I knew all this a few years ago, like two and a half years ago, I went through this incredible transformation where I, for 90 days, I cut out everything you said and more. Like I cut out gluten, dairy, soy, alcohol, coffee, vinegars, a lot of certain oils, peanuts, like pretty much Corn, anything. Potatoes. Yeah. Anything that was like, didn't have nutrient like value to me or was inflammatory or addictive or allergenic or acidic. And not only did I lose like 19 pounds, which I have not gained back, like that was just unhealthy weight that I was carrying around. But my skin, like you were saying, I used to have eczema all over the back of my arms. I used to have unidentifiable rashes on my face. I'd have to go to like dermatologists or specialists. They'd give me like medical creams or steroid creams, all this topical stuff. I had no idea that my skin was a reflection of what was going on in my gut. And then after the 90 days, I slowly introduced things back in. I still don't have gluten or dairy at all ever, but of course, sometimes I'll have sugar or sometimes like something I'll have, but I've really learned like what foods fuel me and what foods don't. And I think it's so important for anyone listening to go on that journey. Like, mm. yeah, the first week I went through some detoxing symptoms. Like I didn't go to the bathroom for days at first. I think my body was super confused. Like, wait, where's my gluten? Where's my, where's the four cups of coffee I used to get a day? Like, where is all that stuff? You know, but my sleep started improving. I used to have trouble falling asleep. I used to wake up three, four, five times a night. I used to snooze my alarm 10 times in the morning, like through going through that process. Like I found myself falling asleep very easily, sleeping through the entire night, waking up before my alarm, my skin was clearing. My energy was through the roof. Like I had this complete transformation and so I like everything you're saying, like, I just hope people listening really take that to heart and know like that you have the power to completely transform the way that you show up and the way that you feel if you truly prioritize the things that you're putting in your body. And why I love how we're all connected here, Tanda, myself and Sandy, like we all are on a similar mission. And we've kind of talked about this overarching theme of like your mess can become your message and your pain can drive you towards one, solving your own pain, but then helping other people do the same. And Tanda, Sandy, and I all do that now. Like it's now our creative genius zone where we're like, mm -hmm. we love helping people 
feel and just be their best self through health, through these, you know, over getting back to the basics of being human through these pillars. And a lot of it is through that nutrition. And it's just, it's such an amazing thing. And there's no better feeling than it. And like Candace said, we just want to shout from the rooftops. Yes. So good. So in wrapping up fire round really quick, I want to ask you a couple questions, Tanda. Who are your biggest mentors in life or in health? Like who do you really look up to? That's an awesome question. So the naturopath that has treated me for the last, oh gosh, 15 years or so, I see him twice a month. See, we talk on the phone. He has been in medicine over 40 years and he is number one. Like I have learned, he was a professor in school. I took all of his classes and I just, the way he thinks, his knowledge is mind blowing. And I don't think you can't reach your full potential without a coach because you can't see what you can't see. You don't know what you don't know. And so he has really, really held my hand and held me to the fire at times. So he would be number one for sure. I just actually, Dr. Josh Axe, he's a chiropractor, axe.com. He started about seven years ago. I'm part of their mastermind group. It's just, it's a group of three guys and they're brilliant. I mean, they're I'm sort of a serial entrepreneur. I love medicine. I love businesses. Like I just really, one of these days I will launch a, like a mentorship in starting businesses because I just, I love the sort of the marketing aspect of it. So anyway, I, so I have those guys holding me to the fire. I mean, I, I just, like I said, I can get only so far in my life because, you know, I'd like to think I'm a relatively self-aware human and yet there's always something I can't see. And to have people in my life that I love and respect to, call me out gently sometimes and call me out not so gently sometimes about getting out of my own way. You know, if I say that what I want is to, you know, shout from the rooftop really and teach as many people, empower as many people as I can, I have to get out of my own way. And so I would say the group of the Axe guys and then my physician, Dr. Tom, and then my family, 100%. My family is my life. And so those. So good. And speaking about family, do you have kids? I don't. No, by choice. You don't have kids? Yeah. I have by choice? Is that what you said? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. I think that wasn't an I can't. That wasn't an I choose not to. Yeah. A lot of animal kids over there. <laughs> yes. I love it. Lots of animal children. So good. Okay. And then one more question before we wrap up and tell people how they can connect with you. Just with you being a guest here on Getting Magnetic, we love asking our guests, like, what does getting magnetic mean to you? What comes to mind when you hear getting magnetic? Getting into your zone of genius, because as soon as you do that, it is you're on fire in your life. And yes, it's not like a match where it starts immediately and goes out quickly. This is like you finding what brings you joy? You finding what is your purpose? You finding and listening to that thing that is on your heart, you become unstoppable and you become magnetic because that is authentic. Authenticity has a sound. Anger has a sound. Belief has a sound. And when you're in alignment, you have a sound, you have a vibration and you have that magnetic effect. Mm. I love that answer. So good. Okay. Everyone that's listening is probably obsessed by yes. this point and wanting to know how they can get more. I do think we're going to need to do a part two at some I point. I think we will. But thank you so much for coming on, dropping so much value. I know we've just scratched the surface, but I'd love to connect our listeners to you. One, I want to ask, where's the best place to connect? And two, I feel like I saw recently, you just put out a public declaration. You are launching a course to go further into all these and maybe even further into food. But could you talk a little bit about that course too? Yes, absolutely. So how you can connect with me is drtandacook.com. That's my website. It's just drtandacook.com. And then from there, you'll find the food solution course, the gut solutions, the next one. I'm launching, I'm calling it the solution series. And it's I'm starting with food because that is the reason why I am where I am is because my relationship with food. And I'm actually telling people what I do, how I eat and why. And it is a super, which I've never done before. And I've never done it before because food is an incredibly personalized, opinionated, confusing, frustrating, overwhelming subject. And to be quite frank, I didn't really want to be caught in the middle of it all with my opinions. I've been in practice for 11 years. I've been on my own food journey for 41 years. This is what I think and what I've seen work for people, not only 
my patients, but myself and everybody that I coach, it's a really awesome, awesome place to start. And what you get is one hour, 39 minutes and 52 seconds of fire hose of information. I mean, it's again, how I live, what I eat, recipes, and the why and the how and the who and the what around food. So that wow. course is... We're going to do that, babe. <laughs> that course is actually being launched today. And wow. yeah, so it's awesome. I just, I get so jazzed talking about it. And so that you can find at drtandacook.com. And I also have a cookbook called Food That Grows. Uh, you can find that on Amazon. But those are some ways to get connected with me. That is so awesome. We're looking forward to doing that. And this is actually being recorded on a Monday and it'll be released on a Wednesday. So as you guys are hearing this live, that food solution course is live on drtandacook.com. We are super excited. And one of my favorite things to follow on you as well too, Tanda is Facebook and Instagram. You do those Tuesday tips. Mm -hmm. Is that what you call them? Tips with Tanda? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are so informative. They're always so short and sweet, but I... I'm like frivolously taking, is that even the word frivolously taking notes and like, wow, so much knowledge. So on Instagram, you're also just Dr. Tanda Cook, D-R-T-A-N-D-A-C-O-O-K. And we'll drop the website and where to connect with Tanda in the show notes for everyone too. But Tanda, honestly, thank you so much. We know you had to drive into town to get service to do this with us. (laughs) So (laughs) cool. So we're so thankful for you carving out time just truly so appreciative. I know you added so much value. Yes. Thank Thank you. you. Look forward to staying connected and have an awesome day. Thank you guys. Wow. 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 I mean, knowledge bombs everywhere. If we take and apply that stuff, I promise you guys, this is stuff Sandy and I already work on. We can always be better in it. Your life is just going to elevate. Like every area of your life will be on fire. Like you will be living your life on fire. Shout out the unsworth there. Before we go into, I want to summarize what we just went through to like recap it. Before we do, we got a favor to ask you. Have you rated, reviewed, subscribed to this podcast yet? If you haven't, that's what keeps this going. Those reviews and subscriptions and everything and downloads and shares, sharing it with a friend. We see you guys sharing it on social media. We are so grateful for you. That's what keeps this going. So thank you. For those of you that have done that, if you haven't, would love for you to review and subscribe to this and share it on social media for whoever would benefit from this. But what went down in this episode? I mean, let's summarize it. We talked through getting back to the basics of being a human. We talked through the pillars of health and Tanda, you know, she said I was in her brain. She was in my brain the whole time because I think there's pillars, right? And what she talked about, it's nutrition. It's the food we eat. It's movement, exercise, walking anything. It's breathing. It's the stress management, the breathing, or our central nervous system, our parasympathetic. She's dropping a few technical terms there. It is sleeping. Sleep is huge. It's everything. And it's playing. It's being happy. It's being joyful, being present in the moment. Think about those five things she went through as a wheel. And if they're all tens, you have this perfect circle, right? This perfect wheel. Now it's never perfect. Nothing's ever perfect. But imagine if you're like, I exercise really hard and I eat right and I'm eating the right things, but your sleep is trash. Let's say your sleep is a two out of 10 and everything else is, you know, a seven and above. That's going to be a jacked up wheel, right? Or let's say you're super stressed out and you've never focused on your breathing ever or you know, your elimination, you only go one out of every three days. And those things are a three out of 10. But you know, your food and your exercise is a nine. That's a jacked up wheel. We got to make sure where's our biggest room for opportunity. Is it sleep? Is it elimination? Is it exercise? Is it our nutrition, not our diet, our nutrition? So Tanda was just amazing to wrap that all up. We're super excited to connect with you guys. Have an awesome rest of your day. Looking forward to checking in on Friday. Only those that can see the invisible can do the impossible. So remember, you are magnetic.